coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. And I actually started off as a micromolecular biology major. Wow. I planned to go to medical school. And in part of being a cast member there, you have all these dances that you do. You dance on the bar tops <laughs> and on the stage, but the Disney form, you know, not, mm-hmm. not the Tampa. Disney pumps scents into the air, mm-hmm. depending where you are, to create a full experience, the sights, the tastes. It's a, it's a full, you know, they, they focus on every sensation. Mm. Right, your mural got defaced, right? Yeah, that was the first thing, which right. ended up being the artist mm-hmm. who destroyed his own mural. He destroyed oh, no. them all around really? town. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, those artist types in there. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and new episodes will automatically download, and then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Story Stewart, the owner of Beans and Barler in downtown St. Pete. We'll talk to Story about Beans and Barler's totally homemade, alcohol-infused ice cream, her past experience with Disney, and Abby is here in the test kitchen with a great summertime recipe for ceviche. Our local musical artist is Deb Ruby. We have a great show, so so stick stick around. around. I must admit, when Booyah Ramen opened nearly two and a half years ago, I wasn't really all that excited. I really couldn't understand how a restaurant could survive serving just ramen. Boy, was I ever wrong. Of course, all I really knew about ramen was the packaged grocery store noodles that I ate on for really cheap in college. I did not understand that ramen is really a thing. A big thing. Kevin is the lover of all things soup in our household, and he was determined to introduce me. I'm so thankful he did. The broth has a complexity that you can't understand until you try it. It has to cook for hours and hours and for some nearly 24 hours to obtain all of the complex layers. But Booyah isn't just about ramen. It is a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with housecrafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey and izakaya too. Booyah is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, booya? On this episode of our podcast, it is time for our monthly recipe installment. Abby is here feeding us again today. Welcome to the show, Abby. Yes, welcome. Hello. And thank you for the most amazing ceviche I've had in a long time. <laughs> really You're more good. than welcome, as so always. Good. 
So on the one hand, I would assume that anybody that listens to our show probably knows what ceviche is, but just in case, here's just a little uh, tidbit, the first opening paragraph from Wikipedia. Ceviche is a seafood dish typically made from fresh raw fish cured in citrus juices such as lemon or lime and spiced with ahi, chili peppers, or other seasonings, including chopped onions, salt, and cilantro. And because the dish is not cooked with heat, it must be prepared and consumed fresh to minimize the risk of food poisoning. Ceviche is usually accompanied by side dishes that complement its flavors, such as sweet potato, lettuce, corn, avocado, or plantain. We had tortilla chips. The dish is popular in the Pacific coastal regions of Latin America. And here's an interesting thing. The origin of ceviche, ceviche is hotly debated, but in Peru, it's considered a national dish. So I guess the Peruvians are the ones that scream the loudest that they invented it. Sounds that way. Yeah. <laughs> and locally here, Red Mesa Cantina downtown has a great selection of all different kinds of ceviche. Fantastic, yes. And we had uh, snapper. Yes, snapper ceviche. Yes, snapper ceviche with some avocado, uh, red and yellow bell peppers, onion. What else do we have in there? Lime juice, salt, and then, of course, cilantro, which we left off to the side. Yes, I was so happy. Because I never <laughs> get to eat ceviche in a restaurant because almost always, almost always, 99% of the time mm. it has cilantro already mixed mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and it worked fine just adding it in when we were going to eat it and just stirring it up. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I even had some without, you know, garnishing with a little bit of cilantro, and it was great. It mm-hmm. was, and that's the thing with ceviche that I find at a lot of places. They try to overcomplicate it right. and add too many ingredients and get too many, you know, hands in the pot, and it's just, it takes away from the simplicity of it. And that's, to me, ceviche is very simple. I always do it. As an appetizer when we're having, you know, folks over for dinner or we're entertaining. And yeah, it's not meant to be this crazy, you know, over the top, this dish. So it's a a perfect example of simpler is better. Less is more. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's also great for summertime. Yes. Perfect. Nice and refreshing. Very. And it went well with the uh, rosé we opened up. Mm -hmm. Yes, it sure did. Always. I learned, because I did not know this, that the lime juice actually cooks the fish. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. because uh-huh. I, I mean, ceviche is just not something that I eat a lot because I can't. Right. But um, I licked the plate clean, even the serving plate. I <laughs> ate two helpings, and it was so good. It was just that mixture of tart with a little bit of salt in there. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, and crunch. I yes. just love the texture. It reminds me of like a gazpacho soup, only it's not tomato-based, obviously. But And I love gazpacho soup. With, because of the freshness and yes. the different textures, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. freshness, and it, it was delicious. Thank you. I Thank will you. be making this. Yeah, we, we've, been, we, we've recently learned a lot about textures, or maybe not even learned. We've just been, I guess, realizing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're eating something, and I'm like, why is this better than the other versions I've had at the other places? And I'm like, it's the texture. Yes. And there's yep. all the different textures in there. Yep. So nice. I am a texture kind of gal. So. Yes. Salt, fat, acid, heat, too. That's what exactly. we talked about. Yeah. And they had a little bit of all that, I touched did. on all those points. So I try right. to be conscious of that. It's also very nice and colorful, mm-hmm. which is good also for summertime. Right. And it's going to be the fastest, easiest, most tasty recipe we've ever published on stpetersburgfoodies.com. You'll find it there in the recipe section as usual. Yes. Yes. And you're there in 30 minutes. I mean, you can let this fish marinate 30 minutes or up to a day. Mm-hmm. You know? So really the most crucial thing is making sure you get really good quality, really fresh 
fish. As fresh right. as you can find. Absolutely. Go, right. go, go somewhere that you trust the people. Right. Yes. That will tell you how long the fish really has been sitting there. Yes. <laughs> and tell them, oftentimes I'll go in and say, hey, I'm making a ceviche. What kind of fish do you recommend? And a lot of times the fishmonger will recommend something that's one, fresh, and two, a little bit more mild. Because with mm-hmm. ceviche, you want something a little more mild that's not right. going to completely overpower your palate. And, you know, you wouldn't make salmon or something like that. Right. So, right. so Abby, you want to walk us through the steps of how you created this amazing perf- perfect dish of course first step um, if you get your fish with the skin on which the snapper I got it did have the skin on cut the skin off and then you want to finely chop up your your fish right so smaller pieces bigger pieces I mean it just kind of depends on your audience who's eating it um, I tend to go a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and then you put it in a bowl uh, marinate it with some lime juice so rule of thumb usually is every I think it's every pound of fish a half cup of lime juice there's a lot of lime juice okay um in this particular dish that we had today it was like a fourth of a pound of fish we had you know there's just three of us Mm -hmm. so put in your lime juice stir it up I put in some salt cover it put it in the fridge at least 30 minutes I typically do like 45 minutes to an hour just to be safe Mm -hmm. and then pull that out and in the meantime while that's marinating um I cut up the your veggies. So the bell pepper, the avocado, the onion, mm-hmm. the jalapeno, mix that together and then um, take out the fish from your bowl of lime juice and such. Um, you don't want to add all that lime juice in because mm-hmm. it's a lot. Right. So you add that in with your vegetables, stir it up. I add in usually a few more tablespoons of lime juice, some salt, mm-hmm. season to taste and you're done. I mean, it's, it's e- easy. It's a cinch. Yes. Yeah. Very easy. Just some prep work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we were sitting here at the table inside, of course, eating it. Uh, you know, the old commercial for peppermint patty. When I eat a York peppermint patty, I get the sensation of being at the top of a cold and wintry mountain <laughs> alone. <laughs> they imagine where it, it takes them to. This took me to like hanging out at the pool. Right, mm-hmm. right. Was, you know, taking a Saturday off, hanging at the pool, have some drinks, have some amazing fresh food outside, take right. a nap. And yep. we, had the, we had the cool fresh rosé with it, which was great. Yeah. Yep. Perfect so, opinion. as usual, you will find the recipe on stpetersburgfoodies.com. And thank you, Abby. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Yes. We will be right back. Keep on moving. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine, and you can even get a regular old cheeseburger too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Thank you for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Kleenex and Hall's Cough Drops. Kevin's second week of being sick. You mean yours? Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) our featured interview today is with the owner of beans and barler where they grind their own beans and infuse ice cream with booze and thank you for doing that and welcome to the show story stort thank you so much 
So Beans and Barlers is soon coming up on its one-year anniversary. Before that, you had Storybrooke Craft Coffee Bar. And before that, you were at Disney. Yes. And your name is Story. It is. Those two kind of sound like they go together, <laughs> Disney <Legally>. and Story. <laughs> yeah. So you were the food and beverage experience manager. Yes. And you kind of still are, just with your own stuff. So where did you grow up? How did you end up in Orlando and then in St. Pete? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I grew up in Tampa and uh, graduated high school and I moved to Orlando to attend University of Central Florida. And I actually started off as a micromolecular biology major. Wow. I planned to go to medical school and I did a couple technical programs. So I was uh, running a laboratory for a nonprofit dialysis company. Um, all while working as um, many different positions in the hospitality industry. And eventually I just decided that that was what I was most passionate about and got kind of jaded with the medical industry and decided to fully pursue a career in food and beverage, uh, particularly beverage. Well, there's nothing wrong with the medical industry, but we're glad you made that choice. No, but I do understand <laughs> getting jaded by the medical industry. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep for many, many years, so I get it. Give me drugs. Give me drugs. So how did you end up at Disney? Well, I um, started there when I was in college as a server, and I worked there as a server and then bartender for a few years. Where? Which? I was on the boardwalk at Jelly Rolls, which is a dueling piano right. bar. Mm-hmm. So in, in part of being a cast member there, you have all these dances that you do. You dance on the bar tops <laughs> and on the stage, but the Disney form, you know, not, mm-hmm. not the Tampa Version. Yeah, not, not, not the drunk version. <laughs> or the nude version. Yeah. Right. <laughs> most of my clothes were on most of the time. <laughs> That's good. So you were there for how long? And I, I worked there for three years, um, but at the same time, I also had other roles. I just really enjoyed working for Disney, so I kept that as long as I could. And uh, then I began working for Marriott, worked for the Gaylord Palms in leadership, mm-hmm. and... Um, While I was in school, I had a management internship interview with Disney, Mm -hmm. and I thought it went really well, and I never heard anything back, and I said kind of like, well, screw them, because if they're not going to give me this opportunity, I'll just get a job, which I did. And uh, a while later, I was just called and given a really great job offer. By By Disney. Yeah, and I (laughs) said, no, no, I didn't apply for that. I only applied for an internship like forever ago, Mm -hmm. and they were like, yeah, no, the people that you interviewed with, um, they decided that that wasn't the right fit for you. And um, in the Disney culture, if uh, they find the right person for a role and that role's not available, they won't give you a different role um, to fill time. Right. They'll just wait until that role is available for you. Nice. So um, when that role became available, they called and offered it, and it was uh, significantly more than I was making. So nice, easy, fabulous, easy decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So were there any specific, like cool things you learned at Disney that you are using now or inspired from, you know, with any of the stuff you're doing now at Beans and Barler? Oh yeah. I mean, at Disney, the, the cool thing is that everything is about being whimsical and creating a memory and an experience. And it doesn't have to be something that is consumable every day, but it's something that is extravagant that people will have once. 
um, while they're on their vacation, but they'll talk about it a hundred times when they go mm-hmm. home. They'll take pictures of it, and it's a really cool experience to be a part of, thinking of things that people can't have anywhere else back home in their hometowns and um, creating you know, full experience in the smells. Disney pumps scents into the air mm-hmm. depending where you are to create a full experience, the sights, the tastes. It's a, it's a full, you know, they... They focus on every sensation. Oh, I bet it smells like weed and rampage. Even subtle things that you don't realize. Trash cans, like where does the trash go? Mm-hmm. How do you get to your job so people don't see you in the wrong uniform? Right. That's um, cool. It's all part of the magic. And then, you know, really valuable lessons. How to focus on the financials. How to make things most profitable. Where to source things from. Good connections. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, great great team and support so if you didn't know something you always had a person that you could go to and get that information from and it was a really good time of growth for me so the position that you took um and that's really interesting about them pumping the scents i never knew that i'm I'm gonna do that here (laughs) (laughs) you're such a goofhead (laughs) anyway so going back to the position that they offered you what was your title at that point so i was a um Food and Beverage Guest Experience Manager. Oh, right. That's what Kevin said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So is that where you learned some of the profitability stuff and the financial stuff? or That's something that you um, learn, you know, in any restaurant. But mm-hmm. I think a company like Walt Disney World, they they just really have it expertly mastered. Mm-hmm. And um, working with pricing and figuring out how everything is decided, where to take small losses for the experience and where to, you know, drive a big margin. Mm -hmm. It's all really important um, on the business end. And it's not just creating a great dish and making a great experience. It's about running it intelligently as a business. And when you first started describing it, you said it's whimsical. Mm -hmm. It creates memories. And I think there's one more thing. You said that it's an experience you'll talk about at home. You might not do it again, but you won't forget it. That's beans and barter too. It's whimsical. It's uh, got some treats that you might not eat every day, but you're going to have them once in a while. And, right. and I like the, uh, the couch in the back where it's, what is it? it says, you are my person. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. And even, even the way that that is uh, like written, the style of it is kind whimsical. of Disney-like whimsical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good uh, photo opportunity. If you search our location, that's like the every person. Yes. That right. Picture. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, yeah. No, it's brilliant. It's yeah, brilliant because it pe- people want to take the photo and then they're going to do the check-in. So going back to Disney, so you, how long were you there, and then what brought you here? In total, I worked with the company for about five years. Mm-hmm. I was just starting to really work around the clock because I had so many ideas, and I was taking on so many projects, and kind of the tiers of management there are very spread out. So peers of mine were in the same job for 10 years, and that's just not the point in my life that I was at at the time to settle mm-hmm. down. I kind of had a plan, you know, a couple more years and I was saving money and, you know, creating a business plan and um, working on other things. And then I just came to the realization I'm working 80 hours a week and I don't want to do it for other people anymore. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's not for myself. Right. Yeah. Right. So what brought you to St. Pete? Uh, Well, my sister lives in St. Pete. She's a doctor here. She said you should really consider this area. And I started doing research and I was kind of really fascinated by the South Side because there are a lot of plans for development there. Mm-hmm. Really, like, there's not a lot of food available on the South Side, but there are a lot of communities, a lot of residential communities, Old Southeast, uh, Coquina Key, mm-hmm. Rosier Park. 
so I, I saw a good opportunity there and um, decided that would be a good first home for us. Right. Yeah, nice. that was with the Storybrooke Craft Coffee Bar. Yes. And So you left Disney, came here, and just opened Storybrooke right away? Yes. Yeah. Nice. It seemed that it was doing quite well. How did you go from that business to the current business? What's the story there? How did you, how did you decide or what happened that there's no more Storybrooke, but there's now Beans and Barler? So um, my partner, Steve, and I, um, we also operate one other, now two businesses besides my coffee shop. And we had the idea for Beans and Barler because we really wanted to have a place that we would like to hang out, you know, not, not exactly a bar, but a place that was geared more towards adults that you could go after dinner mm-hmm. and extend your evening. So we kind of started creating the plan for Beans and Barler. And my original plan was to keep Story Coffee open, but um, we just saw this huge rise in crime at the shop. Mm. Right, your mural got defaced, right? Yeah, that was the first thing, which right. ended up being the artist mm-hmm. who destroyed his own mural. He destroyed oh, no. them all around really? town. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, those artist types in there. <laughs> 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 yeah, but we, um, so I, I was meeting with people from the city and um, the Salvation Army and different uh, homeless coalitions in the area. And, you know, there, there were a lot of plans for that area, but the change was very slow and kind of the danger was rising there, right. having, you know, a small staff. And I just became more nervous leaving mm-hmm. people to work there every day, knowing what we were experiencing and how often we were dealing with law enforcement and just kind of became not a good use of our time and not safe. So it's first priority. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will get more into the details on beans and barler. This is Julie Black. Dave Eichenberger on guitar You're listening to St. Pete Foodies Podcast Maybe in your house or your car Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We are here with Story Stewart, the co-owner of Beans and Barler on the 500 block of First Avenue North. And you are doing some really unique, sweet treats that also, some of them include alcohol. A lot of them. Yes. (laughs) Most of them, right? (laughs) We totally scream for alcohol-infused ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to have dessert and, you know, two birds, one stone. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, keep the party going. (laughs) Tell us what you're doing over there. Well, um, you know, we have our standard menu with all of our classics, like the uh, You Can Even Eat the Dishes, which is the um, chocolate teacup on a chocolate plate with a chocolate spoon. Yes, I've had that. It's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I love that one. That one is also totally Instagram worthy. Yes, (laughs) a total experience, like you were saying before. Yeah, when I posted that one, maybe a few months ago, but it it just blew up. It's one of the ones that gets way more likes and comments. And some people don't realize at first that, 
they're looking at it, then suddenly they realize, oh. It's all edible. You can yeah. eat the, the <laughs> cup and saucer. Sometimes people order it and they don't even know. What? That's so <laughs> funny. I know. Um, yeah, so we um, we love doing the really Instagrammable stuff and unique things that you can't get anywhere else. But the stem of everything, we really focus on the quality of the ice cream. We make everything entirely from scratch. And a lot of times when you purchase a house-made ice cream from a an ice cream shop, they're not actually making it from scratch. Right. It's typically a, um, a stock base that comes as a liquid, and then you add your flavoring and um, whatever else you're going to put in it, and then you churn it. So you are churning it. It is made in-house, but it's not a scratch-made product, and it has a lot more ingredients than an ice cream should have, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we make it entirely from scratch and start from full fat heavy cream and um, sugar and egg yolks and we um, we cook down our base and that's that's really I think where the magic is and that's how we're able to make the ice cream as alcoholic as it is because we cook a much thicker base that can hold the alcohol right so you're doing everything besides milking the cows (laughs) from time to time I do that too (laughs) (laughs) that's funny where (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) So you were saying that your most popular item is the cereal shakes? or Yeah, right now we have a special that is our um, boozy cereal-infused milkshakes. What we're doing is we're, we're taking the spirits in each shake and we're steeping them with the syrup and um, adding some other components to the shake. And then they're just topped with tons of crazy toppings. They're like two feet tall. You have oh, to wow. stand to drink them. And uh, they have an ice cream sandwich on top and boozy whipped cream and all different kinds of garnishes. And people have really loved them because, you know, they love the big things that are colorful. They can take pictures with right. and share, mm-hmm. but that are also really tasty and enjoyable. Right. And what kind of uh, alcohol do you use when you're infusing the ice cream? It just depends on the... Um, the scoops that we're making for um, the shakes, for example, the cinnamon toast crunch shake that we're making, we're using a cinnamon whiskey that is infused with the oh, cool. cinnamon toast crunch. So wow. um, each thing has its own spirit. Some of them are more self-explanatory than others, like whiskey, Irish cream, ice cream. Mm-hmm. That's probably our most mm-hmm. popular scoop on its own. And still sometimes people ask what's in it. but <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're drunk already. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It didn't speak for itself. <laughs> you can also get ice cream without alcohol. If anybody that wants that, we don't mm-hmm. know what's wrong with you, but it's okay. You can have it without the alcohol. Right. And you, you were mentioning to us on break that um, you had a, a food menu, but you're kind of moving towards more of a grab-and-go type of style. Yeah, the the, um, desserts and the coffees, they have always been our priority, and uh, we had a pretty extensive food menu, but over the past year of being open, we've seen people travel for the desserts. There's so many places to get a cheese board in town. Ours are great. People love them, but there's only one place to get all of the desserts that we make, so we're growing our dessert menus, both um, alcoholic and non-alcoholic, especially this time of year where people are outside and they're playing games on the block and Mm -hmm. enjoying our new patio couches. Uh, we're, We're moving towards a little bit more casual food for just snacking while people have drinks or beers from the brewery next door. And um, we're growing our desserts and coffee menus. That's exciting. And you had mentioned that you have something going for the back room that you're moving towards a experience back there. Yeah. So we, um, 
We are currently renovating our um, very back room that we've had blocked off for a while. And um, we are starting some kind of like chef's table dessert experiences. They'll be kind of themed. So if you're having a bachelorette party, it'll be a great place to bring your girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And um, there'll be lots of courses of different cocktails and ice creams. And all of them are centered around different spirits and flavors. And we're also starting a uh, an adult tea party. Nice. So, um, you know, all of the good things from a tea, a high tea service, but all boozy and uh, for the nighttime. So I think that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, I've done some chef's tables around town and mm-hmm. it's such a fun experience. It's more special than just making a dinner reservation somewhere. Right. Um, so I think that will also translate to dessert for people. So would you set that for, say, like a later time, like someone grabs a bite to eat somewhere and then they come for the dessert tasting at like after dinner type thing? Or what do you have a time in mind? Yeah, so uh, we um, will be doing it on reservation systems. So Mm -hmm. we will have that available anytime that we're open for business, whatever time accommodates the party. And then I think we'll have maybe some open um, tickets available. So we'll schedule a time probably around nine, you know, Mm -hmm. after dinner time that um, individuals can purchase tickets to attend if they don't have, you know, a whole party to fill up the table in the back for. I see. So it won't be like, I was was picturing, you know, a specifically planned event that you sell sell tickets for, but people can actually book it and come in on their own. That's really cool. Yeah, Yeah, it would be a a good birthday party plan. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and also, in addition to that, one of the general things, like when you were talking about the ice cream before, that you make everything from scratch in-house, and just high quality is a theme that carries over to everything. Like, for example, your coffees, they're all 100% organic, fair trade certified. And the non-dairy milk options, which include oat, almond, soy, coconut, hemp, and rice, all the flavored syrups are made from scratch in-house. Yes. That's pretty cool. There's not a lot of places that do that. We, uh, we put a lot of time into everything, and it's really cool. Um, our staff is really into it, too, being a part of the process of making the syrups and the flavors. They have a lot of pride in what we do because they know how much time is spent sourcing everything, picking the beans and the roast for everything. So we, we're proud of the product that we um, sell to our guests. Yeah, and you, and you want to have people that work there being proud of what they're doing and what they're serving up. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% value comes from knowing the product and believing in the product. And if you can communicate that to your guests, they they really believe it and they they see the value in that. In the cocktails, you have house-infused cocktails. For example, the hibiscus margarita is a hibiscus flower-infused silver tequila. And you're doing that in-house also, yes? Yeah, um, we have a um, we have a cocktail menu, and all of the spirits that are used are steeped in the main ingredient. So we're not adding any like flavors um, or any added sugar or syrup. We want to um, just focus on the base of the drink, which is the spirit, and um, not add too much extra. Our uh, most popular cocktail is the bold brew, which we also use in our espresso martini. And um, it's the same process as making cold brew where you're doing a long steep on the um, ground coffee, but instead of water, we're using vodka. Um, <laughs> nice. So. I have to try that at home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. It's caffeinated and, and um, you know, there's no added 
calories or right, right. syrup. It's just the flavor and the spirit. Now, for people that are with other people that don't necessarily have a sweet tooth, you just have a you have a regular bar where they can just get a regular drinks and such, correct? Yeah, um, we we have the cocktail menu, and then we have a full um, coffee menu, and um, it's great being a craft coffee bar that people can go to at night because it doesn't make sense for all of the local shops to be open that late. But if you're out and you don't want to go have a cocktail at a bar or dessert, Mm -hmm. um, but you still want to have a conversation with your friends and you don't want to call it a night, it's a great place to sit and have a table and you can even have table service and Mm -hmm. um, it's no problem to just have a coffee or um, one of our specialty um, coffee beverages or tea. You know, there's there's plenty of alcoholic and non-alcoholic options. And wine also, yes. 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 Mm -hmm. So like I said, you are on the uh, 500 block of First Avenue North, specifically 538 First Avenue North. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you open at two in the afternoon. And then Monday through Thursday, it's four. Is that correct? We're closed on Mondays. Closed on Monday. Tuesday through Thursday at four. Yes. (laughs) Don't go on Monday. One thing we forgot to mention, or I don't think we really brought up, is you're right next door to uh, the brewery. Which brewery is it again? St. Pete Brewing Company. St. Pete Brewing Company. Yeah. So if you know where St. Pete Brewing is, right next door. Right. But but you do things with them, correct? Don't you do... yeah, we um, collaboration. We um, do collaborations with their beer and um, with other people in town. We love to utilize local products, mm-hmm. and um, we have a local baker, Mana Bakery. She makes um, really awesome treats for us. She's making us the um, cereal cookies for our milkshake ice cream cookie sandwiches. Um, so for those, she's grinding all of the different cereals in with the flour and baking the cookies, which are awesome. Uh, so we like to, you know, work with different people around as much as possible locally. Yes, great. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. And the website is beansandbarler.com. That's beans and barler is B-A-R-L-O-U-R. Kind of like ice cream parlor, but it's a barler. barler. <laughs> com. Story Stuart, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We will be right back. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to C.P. Foodies Podcast. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Our local musical artist today is Deb Ruby. Deb recently returned to the U.S. from five years of traveling the Americas, the Caribbean, and Europe. She has a wide range of vocals, and she creates a calm, reflective space for her listeners. We will feature the song Chartreuse after Deb answers the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, Deb. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Are you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite food? I would have to say avocado. Really? I love it. Yes. I love it plain. I love it thrown on top of basically almost anything. Anything. Salads, eggs, lentils, vegetarian chili. So you're the the second person that 
reminded me with their answer of uh, green eggs and ham. But, but, but you like it. They're like, would you have it here or there? I would have it anywhere. <laughs> I love avocado too. It's great. Mm. So do you love avocado toast, the newest rage? Of course, of yes. Course. <laughs> What's your least favorite food? I actually really dislike raspberries. Huh. Really? I can't stand them. <laughs> oh, wow. And I love fruit. I'm mm-hmm. a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I love fruits. Um, but something about raspberries, they're super tart. Mm-hmm. They taste very sour to me. Mm-hmm. They are definitely tart. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're sweet, but they're tart at the same time. Yeah. I get that. That's probably why I like them. I like sweet yeah. tarts. Uh, <laughs> and they're hairy. They are hairy. So that's weird. It uh-huh. is a weird thing. <laughs> Strawberries are a little hairy, too, sometimes. Mm. What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? I love Love Food Central. Nice. Mm-hmm. I love that place. It's not far from you either, right? You live in Kenwood. I live in Kenwood, yeah. So I'm always biking or walking there. I love the food, the service, the laid back atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Nice. Consistent. Are, are you a vegetarian? I am. Yeah, oh, okay. she just you said, said that. that so. But actually, no, I'm, kind of, I'm more of a pescatarian because I do eat fish. Every okay, there you go. Awesome. While, so. Nice. What kind of fish do you like? Usually salmon. Mm-hmm. Salmon is like, you can never go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Salt or pepper? Hmm. Back in the day, I probably would have said salt, but mm-hmm. I think I'm moving on to the pepper side now. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it more interesting than salt. <laughs> and it kind of brings out the complexities, especially in veggies, I mm-hmm. find. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm digging the pepper lately. Nice. And can you cook? Yes, I can cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what do you cook? So, yeah, I'm vegetarian. So lots of veggie dishes. Um, I like hearty dishes. So I'll cook like a pot of lentils or beans, and then I'll roast some veggies like eggplant, tomato, things like that. Mm -hmm. I'll saute some mushrooms and lots of butter, like something like that. And then I'll throw it all together in like a big bowl. Mm -hmm. That makes me really happy. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do do you like Indian food? I do like Indian food, Because they have a lot of really tasty, hearty stuff that's Mm -hmm. vegetarian. Yeah, that like stews Mm -hmm. for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very good. So I want to talk about the music, but before we get into that, I just want to say that if you ever need like uh, a side gig, Mm -hmm. you could uh, be an imitator of the actress that plays that played Peggy on Mad Men, (laughs) or she's also in uh, the lead role in A Handmaid's Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Mm, I'll have to keep that in mind in case uh, music doesn't work out for me. Right. (laughs) Probably should have come up with her actual real name, honey. It's it's Deb Ruby. (laughs) What are you saying? Peggy's real name. Oh, I didn't, I didn't have time to look it up. If, if, I, if I knew you looked like her before you came over, I would have looked it up. Right. I get that. But I did look at some photos, but I guess I didn't look mm. close enough at your face at the time. But I did notice, it seems that you're a lefty. I am a lefty. At least, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing with guitar. The first time I picked it up, that's how I picked it up. Okay. Because I use, you know, both hands for different things. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I picked up the guitar, it was that's the way it was. And my brother who plays, who was with me at the time, said, no, you don't want to be a lefty. It's going to be really hard for you. You're not going to find guitar options. You know, you're not going to have the option to, like, pick up a guitar at somebody's house and just start playing it. So you play a lefty guitar. Correct. Right. Yeah. You don't, I was going to ask if you did that or if you played upside down. <laughs> so I, I had a, actually in high school, our chorus teacher mm-hmm. is a lefty, and he would just pick up my guitar but he would play upside down and backwards. Ah, that's a skill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's definitely it's really a weird. skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the song is titled Chartreuse. Hmm. Uh, but I think I also saw on YouTube like a live version that you did, and it had 
uh, more to the title. The lyrics you're talking about, right? Uh, no, it was like... More um, to the title. Oh, the Sometimes Blue song. Yes. Yes. Sometimes Blue song, Chartreuse. Are you interested to know the story behind that? Yes. I am. Yes. And okay. as a matter of fact, I, ha- I do have that in the notes. I just wasn't looking at the notes. So that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting story. So I wrote that back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote it originally with a last verse that actually had the words chartreuse in it. And then about two years later, I went to a songwriters conference and I um, did a workshop. And it was with a singer-songwriter who's kind of famous and she's won some Grammys and stuff. And she heard that song and it was like a critique workshop. And she suggested that I take that last verse out and then I just put the chorus at the end. Mm-hmm. And so I did that um, because, you know, she was suggesting it. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Is this anyone we would know? Um, possibly, yeah, maybe Kim Ritchie. Mm. Oh, yes, I've heard of her. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a really good, kind of more like country. You right, know? right. So I was, it was at a folk um, conference that I was doing, and she was there doing a workshop. So yeah, so I, with her advice, I did that. And then um, it just, that's how like that verse came out. But mm-hmm. I put Sometimes Blue in the title of the video that you saw just to kind of like bridge it all together. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the story behind that. So but sometimes I, act, I just want to say, now I'm a little bit more confident. And so now I go back to the original way mm-hmm. that I wrote it. Right. And, years what, ago, what, so. and you're going to send her an email saying, I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. <laughs> And what was the song inspired by? You know, that song is about finding the courage to figure out what you want and go after it. Oh, cool. That's I like it that. in a nutshell, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So are you using a capo on that one? Um, I do. On the first fret, yeah. I use a capo. Because it's in G sharp. You could tell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I checked right before you got here. <laughs> so online we can find you. Your website is Deb Ruby. D-E-B-R-U-B-Y dot com. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook, it's Deb Ruby Music. And as usual, those links will be on our blog post page when the podcast comes out. Cool. And here we are with uh, Deb Ruby and Chartreuse. You've got some thinking to do. Will you stay or go? Your bucket wishes is starting to overflow. Your dreams stand tall, flash like a neon sign. The choices of today. On a fragile line See I have it too Sometimes yellow And sometimes blue And I know how the open road May seem paved with fear But honey, those pretty comforts of yours All the real monsters here And your eyes look north Oh, while your heart heads south 
walked this terrain before Chasing the shadows around See I have it too Sometimes yellow And sometimes blue There's a gold noose that hangs from a diamond sky I know it all too well Gold noose that hangs from a diamond sky I know you know it too But what are we to do? Comments on last week's show with uh, Mario Farias. Nicholas Wren says, Great interview. It was amazing learning some of the backstory of this awesome venture. Susan Jones Farias, that's Mario's wife, says, Proud of you, honey. Susan Zinkel says, You are my hero. Love the work you do. You are extremely inspiring to others. Thanks. Nicole Brown says, You're a great guy, Mario. I'm proud to be on your team. And Ward Smith says, Small world alert. Chef Mark Hook is an old pal from junior high. Wonderful to see great people getting together. See you soon. And on Apple Podcast, we finally have a new review. We got three reviews back in September 2018 when we started, and nothing since until now. So I want to do a shout out to AA Bell 03 for the new review. She says, Lunch Pool Approved. I've been listening for just over a week and I'm hooked. Excellent interviews and a behind-the-scenes look at the foodie culture that's such a big part of St. Pete. If you're enjoying the show, please, please remember to give us a good review on the app that you use, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. New items on stpetersburgfoodies.com include the 10 best pizzas in St. Pete, so check that out. And also, Dats had their grand opening yesterday, June 17th. We have an extensive write-up and review of several food and drink items along with lots of photos of the inside, the outside, and even the huge kitchen. Next week on the podcast, we have Tyson Grant, the executive chef and partner at Park Shore Grill. You can email us at info at If you want to listen to us on the go, we are on all the podcast apps out there, most notably Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM. And you can listen to us on your voice-activated home assistant, such as Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, and Google Home. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Abby Allen, Story Stewart, and Deb Ruby. And thanks to our sponsors, Booyu Ramen and Engine Number no. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream.